The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and reader rebellion. Rudy and Gabby join us for episode 69 as we host today's Rombook Love Prompt. Book Thingo would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also acknowledge the contributions of Australia's Indigenous people to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo podcast. Welcome back to the Book Thingo podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you've been with us for a while, we're sorry to have kept you waiting. And I promise what we lack in punctuality, we make up for in charm. Anyway, today we're asking, what are your reading habits and rules? And how do they impact the enjoyability of a book? You can find information on the titles and authors we talk about in this episode, by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 69. And don't forget to join the conversation on Twitter by using the rombooklove hashtag. Kat is the Lisa Valdez of podcasting. How dare you? How dare you? She's incredibly talented and writes filthy stories that I love to read. (laughs) I don't understand. The Lisa Valdez of podcasting she never does it <laughs> she i'm always late going to. i'm late oh my god i haven't checked her website <laughs> in so i long. checked it yesterday there's been Did no you? update yeah it's still got the november update there yeah she's always promising that she's gonna do <laughs> that she's going to like release an episode and then it never comes oh my god that is oh, me that's a really that good one me. thank you yeah that and that like oh my god she would really hate that because she hates lisa valdez even though I Lisa don't Valdez hate Lisa you. Valdez. I just very much dislike passion. Passion, you're just wrong. Are mm. you listening? This is very important. Go. My ultimate rule: don't trust anyone who doesn't like passion. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a really important rule to have. I'm Rudy. I'm Kat. I'm Gabby. See, we've left Gabby to do the last one and she's meant to that means she's gotta keep contextualizing what we're doing and I don't know what to say next. Someone else jump in and save me. It's Rom Book Love Month and we are hosting today's topic around rebellious readers. I mean Rom Book Love is an entire month of recommending books and it can start to get a little bit towards the end of the month a little bit hard on your brain quite overwhelming actually yeah and I I wanted to give people who maybe struggle with remembering books in the moment a topic that they can still jump in on because all of us kind of have our own personal rules about how we read books and what's the best way to do it I wanted to kind of yeah invite discussion about those rules like what are your personal rules when have you broken them for a book like and did that make it better or worse with that in mind yeah cat personal reading rules or habits okay so do we go one by one one at a time i guess do you have 
multiple rules. Is I do have me- multiple rules. Go on rules. Yeah, so yeah. do I. And I'd like to respond to cats individually so yeah. that I can <laughs> okay. trash them systematically. <laughs> Please. I go actually on feel like maybe we'll agree on more than we disagree. But anyway. We'll see. Okay. So my first rule is that I don't read a series until the author has finished writing all the books in that series. So I can binge read from book one to the end of the series and not have to put up with any cliffhangers in the middle. And so are there books that you've broken that rule for? Yes. So Sapphire Flames is coming out this year and I am definitely reading that even though I know it's going to hurt me because I think it's going to be a trilogy and this is going to be book one. So there's going to be a really long wait, although not as long as the first trilogy, which is um, Burn For Me. It hurt me so much. Yes, I I feel like I dodged a bullet with that one. Um, And I do uh, read the Mercy Thompson series, but I do feel that that series has much fewer cliffhangers now than it did in the beginning of the series. I think At the moment, the way that Patricia Briggs is writing the series, the series arc will have some unanswered questions, but the actual character arcs are pretty much resolved by the end of the book. I'm going to jump in and go next because um, the Mercy Thompson series is emblematic of one of my personal reading rules. It's perfectly acceptable to skip books in a series. If I'm not feeling it, I am quite happy to skip it all together or to retcon it out of the series for myself. What? So like, yeah. So there are there are books in the Mercy Thompson series that I just refuse to acknowledge. Oh, that's interesting. So I in theory, I support that rule, but I really find it hard in practice to um be true to myself and skip a book in a series. Although I have done it for the Black Dagger Brotherhood. So again, also, I don't read that series anymore. But up to the point where I read it, I think I skipped one of the books. I think it was Pains, Manny and Pain, because I yeah. don't actually acknowledge the two, those two characters as actual characters in the series. Like they're, they're add-ons that, that, that are irrelevant. So they're definitely completely uninteresting. Like most definitely, especially because their names are Manny and Pain, which I don't right? love. Like I don't like, love that combination of names. Okay, so I so. want to say two rules that relate to both of your rules. Go. One is that I will not read a series with the same couple. In multiple books. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I've broken that rule twice. Actually, three times I'd say I'd broken it. One for the Bronze Horseman, and it's because I don't consider that a romance. Two for Captive Prince, and that's because I will break every single one of my rules for Captive Prince. <laughs> and the third one was for that stupid series that you told me to read that I really didn't <laughs> like. Just do it like K-dramas do. One season and then you're done. You know, one book <laughs> and then it's over. It's like I hate reading epilogues. Like I won't read epilogues either. I love epilogues. No, I know you do and you're wrong. But Gabby, a question about your rule. So if if you stop reading a series because the couple crosses over to another book, the next book, do you, like Rudy was describing with her experience with the Mercy Thompson series, do you just consider that you've actually finished the story? and then just ignore that there are any other books? Or do you just get, like, really pissed off that you couldn't finish the series and in your mind it is an unfinished series read? I actually don't start them. Like, I don't start oh, okay. I don't start books that I know are series with the same couple. It's like 
I, I just stay away from them. And it's pretty easy in like the subgenres that I read, like historical, it rarely happens in historical, that kind of thing. It's more, uh, I feel um, like a paranormal. And what you said, Rudy, I completely disagree with you about skipping books. I can't <laughs> skip books and I can't read them out of order. I think that I've broken those rules, like obviously because I'm a bad reader with bad rules and I have no <laughs> spine. But like in principle, I cannot handle the idea of reading a book out of order. And I actually think that goes back to my childhood, to be completely honest with you. I read the second Harry Potter book first. <gasps> That yeah. would have been a weird experience. It was the worst. I was like, who the fuck is Hagrid? <laughs> <laughs> I read like, I read book three first. Yeah, and it's terrible. Like, you don't understand shit if you haven't read The Philosopher's Stone. What was that um, beard science? Yeah. You told me just to read the third the one. Beard so, science like, is the third one. But no, I can't. I have to read the first two first. But, like, I don't know, for the sake of truth and honesty and justice i just want to say that you are the one who promised you were going to read beard (laughs) science so that i didn't have to for once be the test subject but did gabby know that it was part of a series and not the first one oh okay (laughs) did i yes i can't I don't think so. I don't think got, I knew at that time. Mm, no, you did because you got really angry <laughs> that the third book in a series had been like on the top ten and you kept going on about, but it's the third book. And I had to point out Devil in Winter is also the third book. <laughs> is it? Devil in Winter. Right. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you bring up series and reading order because I absolutely do read out of order and – Partly, like I know we've talked about this before, partly it is because I am just really used to kind of going to my library and I'll take what I can get my hands on. But the other thing is that I think there are a lot of my fave authors who I think write series that they have pancake books. Like they (laughs) they have books where the first couple are a little bit messy and then it's the second or third that's a really good one. And sometimes it is helpful to just skip to the good one and uh, fall I in just, love with the series and then go back. But I just feel like when you miss out on the groundwork of those earlier books, you need to see the relationships form. When you miss out on that and you come halfway in or a third of the way in through a series, I feel like I don't appreciate the depth of relationships. Or that's what I fear I'm missing out on. Well, I mean, as much as like I'm really kind of, casual about where I start a series for books podcasts if I'm trying a new podcast I will start right at the start and I cannot just jump straight into it like I will go chronologically and it and like hear people get better at podcasting and just stick with them for that and I can't start in some like arbitrary point which I'm fully aware of that's something we're asking people to do today (laughs) I'm actually the opposite. Yeah, I'm more like Rudy in this. Like, But I think that's just me being consistent as an audience. (laughs) And I can't, like, Rudy's been telling me to listen to Secret Feminist Agenda um, for a really long time. And I finally did. And I had to start from the beginning. So with books, Gabby, if the series, the publication order is different to the chronological order of the stories, do you go by publication order? 
You're going Joanna Bourne, right? You're talking about Joanna yes. Bourne and how that series <laughs> fucked me up. Like that series fucked me up because I think the the reason why Rudy can skip around in series is because she has a better memory than me. So Rudy, you can do it because you can keep track of shit in your mind. Whereas I get really confused and I forget. So I have to have like chronology to help me. But Joanna Bourne fucked shit up because she <laughs> didn't give me chronology. She gave me publication date and that was really, really difficult to keep track of. So like we've been talking about a lot of rules that have to do with series, but do either of you have reading rules or habits that kind of transcend and the can f- be used for standalones as well? Like can we talk about physical books and how we treat our physical books? Because I know that I don't hold physical books sacred, which is I think part of the reason why why I'm so into ebooks. Because I'm I I don't have that kind of romance associated with a physical book and the way the pages smell. Like no, I think they smell old and musty. They're not my fave smell. I will dog ear the corners, and like yeah, I don't have rules related to the physicality of my books. Do you? Um, oh, actually, before I even answer that, I also want to just like really throw you under the bus and be like, because remember how my spines, yeah, the spines, the spines yeah. of the okay. books. We can talk about that. I'm not ashamed. Well, I was back then, like when I was in high school and I used to get teased for reading my romance novels, um, I would avoid all all books with clinch covers like on the first I do a step back cover so if it had like a castle on the front page and then you open the front page and then you have your clinch so that was fine but I would either rip out the clinch so that I never had to see it and never had to be teased for it or uh, the Laura Kinsale (laughs) Laura Kinsale I love you so much I'm so sorry (laughs) Laura Kinsale I remember her books had the clinch on the spine just like the tiny little image not tiny i wasn't it was sorry like i'm a... doing i'm doing this like size kind of demonstration that yeah, i can't objectively not tiny. four it was about four three and a half to four centimeters just on the I think spine that's what i did yeah, yeah. yeah. that was <laughs> yeah, the scale okay. really so i not tiny obvious so i would take a black marker and i would Color it in. Cat's so pulling her face as you say this. A sad face. It was a sad <laughs> face. She's so like, sad. I could just like, see her wilting. <laughs> I'm sad for me that I felt like I needed to do this. But that's it's probably part of the reason why I don't hold them sacred because I would also crack the spines and, like, fold them in on each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. the covers would be kissing so that nobody could ever see the <laughs> title of my book. It makes me think about, like, about two weeks ago, everyone was sharing that meme about what kind of reader you are and whether you're like lawful good, yeah, like neutral good, chaotic good, and mm. it had to do with like keeping place, you know, in your books. Yeah, like dog earring yeah. or using a bookmark and stuff. Yeah. What What did you guys define your, you? You said oh, lawful I, good. No, I said that I was like, new. I covered the entire spectrum of neutral, lawful neutral in that like. I will occasionally use random implements to mark my place. Also a true neutral in that I do read ebooks and I use digital bookmarks. And like 
ridiculous. And like, I don't understand why you need to use a digital bookmark. Like, me I don't either, get that. Because especially in Kindle, it saves your place. It's your place. But yeah, but like, don't it. you want to go back and reread parts? No. Like specific things that you oh, really I enjoy. Oh, and highlights. I don't yeah. bookmark. And also, oh. I, I'll bookmark the spot at which I stopped reading properly. And I know that that's where I, if I decide to read properly again, I to go back to it. I can track which books I lost interest in because they've got bookmarks or oh. which books I truly, truly love because they've got bookmarks. Like it's pretty But obvious. the thing that frustrates is that you can have multiple digital bookmarks yeah. and then that's confusing. That's confusing. Like a bookmark is meant to mark your place. Like it's not, like it's not a post-it note, but digital bookmarks are used as post-it notes. But I also use post-it notes on my books. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine because yeah. a post-it note isn't a bookmark. A post-it note is a post-it note. Yeah, see, I find it redundant because I could just highlight yeah. or write a note. So do you of write? Do you highlight on the actual page, like on on? Sorry, not in on a, a digital, digital book, book. On, on a physical copy. No, no. Yeah, I, I've been. I went through a phase where I would underline things in a physical book, um, and I do highlight things in the digital books. But I like yeah, I do well. that with digital too. Yeah, but I don't have the um like the organizational skills to write on the page because I never have a pen next to me. So <laughs> it like defeats the purpose. But I'm definitely like if I'm looking at this, oh. I'm definitely lawful evil and neutral evil because chaotic evil is just fucked. <laughs> like rips out each page yeah. once it's been read. Like well, nobody is chaotic evil. I also, because yeah, like I'm also, I'm chaotic neutral in that sometimes I'll just leave the book face down on the last page that I am up to. And okay. then there's not, there doesn't seem to be a square for the other thing that I do. Sometimes I just remember what page I'm up to, close the book and walk mm. away and I'll come back to the right spot later. So I always try to do that and I <sighs> never remember the goddamn page. I don't know why you would try, Kat. Like, <laughs> I know, you know, I know. You have the memory of a fucking leaky <laughs> cauldron. The only reason why that works for Rudy is because she's sick and has the mind of a robot. But okay? I like convince myself. I'm like, literally you have one thing to remember and it's this page number and you've committed it to memory. And then like not even five minutes later, I just can't remember what I was supposed to remember. The notion of remembering a page number <laughs> is so messed up to me. Like it goes against everything that I believe in. Just fucking dog ear the book corner. Like there is, I don't think that there's anything wrong with dog earing a book. I really don't. Like, I used to dog ear my books, but I don't anymore. <laughs> natural law. It natural. is the natural order of things. That's what they're meant for. That's why people invented pages. Who invented the page? I don't even know. So I'm lawful Chinese. neutral, and my favorite random implement to mark my place is a book within a book. Oh, that's always good. That's a classic. <laughs> yeah, I love. I love. Yeah, bookmarking a book with a book. But sometimes you have two books that you're reading, so you kind yeah. of overlap them so that they're bookmarking each other what is your percentage of digital versus physical like because you're talking about we're talking about physical books and it's like I literally don't remember the last time I read a physical book I rarely read physical books now I have recently been reading physical books but they're rereads like it's stuff that I've owned for ages and it's just on my shelf and like because I was in the mood for comfort reads but I was doing that thing of just spot reading. Like it's just the scenes that really resonated with you and you go back to them and you don't have to read the entire book. Sometimes you get sucked in anyway, but like you pick up that particular book with the intent of just reading 
those scenes and then putting it putting it back on the shelf. I feel like I only really do that for dirty books. But for yeah. keepers, I will just open it on a rant. Like if, if I open it on Kindle, it's just whatever page I was randomly on. And sometimes it's really mm. random because I was writing a review or like looking something up and left it at that page. But I've never thought to use bookmarks that way. And and actually, even if I know which scene I want to read, I'll just like flick through it and scroll through it. You don't even do really like manually. a search of like. Oh, a sometimes I'll do line. searches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, my memory's so shit. So actually, oh, yeah. I'm just searching really like I don't even know if that was the actual word on the page or just like some. <laughs> oh, that's a real actually look, like search for true, window. That's, <laughs> a, that's a real problem. <laughs> I feel like spot reading with books that you've read is fine because you know the order of things, you know those established relationships, you know the rules of that story, whereas reading books out of order (laughs) is shameful. This is so judgy. Listen, I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just letting you know that I disagree with your lifestyle. I'm not trying to judge you. I just want you to know you're a bad reader and you should feel bad. Well, something that we have judged Kat really heavily for is the whole premise of Book Thingo and the Book Thingo podcast's theme song we Killer. haven't judged Cat harshly I've judged for this her. because I read the end when I am in the mood. So this, I think, is probably one of the most defining things that make you both bad readers. <laughs> so can I make a confession? I haven't read the back of a book in a very, very long time. And I don't know whether that's because I actually am not reading that many books. And so I'm only reading the <laughs> authors that I fully trust. And so even if I don't read the ending, I kind of know that it's going to be okay for me. But I feel like I've lost my brand. <laughs> and I need to go back yeah, to reading like the end of the book pretty again. pretty fucking bad, Kat. Like that is your entire brand. So either you need to change your brand or go back to Killing Fairies. But I... I don't think that you should go back to Killing Fairies because I don't think that there's any gratification in reading the end of a book. You sign on to an agreement when you pick up a romance novel. You have a contract. There is a reader-author contract and you are no, guaranteed No, but you end. can't trust that contract. Is Where? it about Where trust can't... for you? Is reading the end of a book, is that a trust thing for you? Yeah. It's am I reading a romance? That's my primary question. That is fascinating because that's not necessarily why I do it. Yeah. Why do you do it, you weirdo? Because <laughs> I like to know things. I just, like, don't you just miss out on that gratification of finding, like, everything else is set in stone. Like, this is the one thing that's set in stone for a romance novel. Like, I know that there's been exceptions to the rule. I know that people have, like, But see, this is the thing, like I don't ever, like you said it's about trust for you, Kat, but it's like every time we pick up a book, like I I know what I'm getting. I know exactly what I'm getting when I pick up a book because I get a book which has the title, the author, the cover, all of those will signal romance to me. I've read romances that promise that in the cover, in the blurb, in the author, in the title and didn't deliver it. And so I think once you get more than three of those books, you start wondering whether it is really a convention. 
And I know that my biggest run of reading happy ending, uh, reading the ending first was when I was fully into romance books. Like I was reading two a day, Mills and Boons, when I was in my sort of late teens, early 20s. And I didn't even realize that Mills and Boone promised the happy ending. So I would read the ending of those books first before I would start from the beginning. But sometimes it's true if you want to slow down the reading, because sometimes the tension is so great that you're speeding through the actual book to get to the ending. And so if you read the ending first, it allows you to enjoy the journey a bit better because the tension is less intense, but you can still get sort of the feeling of the rise the tension in tension becomes and readable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so oh, that, was a, that was a problem that I had with Sarah McLean, The Day of the Duchess. That's a really tense read. And like I... I absolutely knew that it ended happily. I did know that because that is how Sarah McLean writes. But I kind of needed to know the specifics of the happy ending before I could actually. Because sometimes it gets really stressful. Yes. And I don't actually, I'm not reading to be stressed out. Like there's a reason that I quit watching Breaking Bad. Like that show stressed me the fuck out. I think I read for the tension. Like. You don't understand. Like, this book was off the fucking Mm. chart. (laughs) Well, let me download it and then we'll see. Do you think that it's fair to, like, do you think it's fair to blame a book slash author for your bad reading? No. No. Like, sometimes it matters. Well, if they write crap, then yes. Like, if the yeah, writing like, is you're average. You're blaming them for your bad reading. Like, you have to take ah, responsibility okay. for your reading habits, right? Like, if oh, I'm yeah. a skimmer, then I'm a skimmer. Like, if I can't blame shitty world building. I somewhat disagree. So I used to be a skimmer. And I think it was just because I was a little bit, like, arrogant and thought I could read more books than anyone else in, like, a week or whatever. So to be able to do that, I had to, like, skim read, right? Cat mayo arrogant? <laughs> no, who would have thought? Shocked. <laughs> But Can now, I just say, the reason why we all get along so well is because we all have these really, like, all three of us have these deep, arrogant streaks <laughs> when it comes to, like, reading and our idea of us as readers. Sorry, continue, but we, I, I want to come back. I think it's necessary. So, yes, yeah, so now, but now I actually have trouble skimming. The only time I will skim is if I'm not enjoying the book very much and I need to get to the exciting part so that I can get back into it. So in conclusion, if I skim a book now, I do blame average writing. Yeah, I feel like I'm a really great reader. And I think we've talked about this in past episodes where when I open a book, I actually expect it to be like the best read I've I've had. And so I'm perpetually disappointed. Yeah, I think that's probably one of your worst reading habits that you like, because that's so, how can you put that burden on every book that you read? Maybe that's, that's my rule. I open a book <laughs> expecting it to be magnificent. Also, let me just remind you that my memory is utter crap. So when I say it's the best book I've ever ever read, it just really has to be a very good book because I actually can't remember the last best book that I've read. Actually, one of my rules that I do have for myself is that if I try a new author, like a new to me author, and it's like one of their early books and it didn't work for me I have to read one or two more before I can decide that like they don't work for me at all 
That is benevolent of you. Like, that is very kind. Like, it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but, like, some of my favourite authors, their first few books from them just did not suit me or were, like, solidly middle of the road. So Alicia Rye, I think the first, like, three books of hers, like, I liked them. They were fine. And then eventually Gentlemen in the Streets came out and then I, I bought it. For, like, I think I bought it for about three people the Christmas that it came out and just kept sending messages to everyone being like, no, but like for real, read her. <laughs> it's so good. And listen, you were right. And I was, yeah. And then even going kind of back to her older books, like I have a new appreciation for them. And it's that thing of like when you're coming to somebody that's new to you, like giving them a chance because maybe you just aren't used to their style yet. Like maybe there is something you as a reader is not kind of connecting with. I don't think that I would give every single person that chance. I think that like... It's reserved there's for a bit of yeah, like there's a bit of like yeah. I have a related rule in that good if I, faith. Yeah, that if I, for example, if I interact with them on Twitter, their opinions on certain things, and, and I agree with them as a gesture of support and goodwill. If I didn't like the first book of that author that I read, I would usually try at least three books before I gave them up completely. Gabby, you've been really good at like people that you didn't think you liked if I bully you long enough you give them a second chance or maybe a third or fourth yeah Um. but that's definitely less to do with them and more to do with how much I trust you I guess I just really wanted you to say that no Kevin (laughs) god I hate so much yeah like I definitely don't have a hard and fast rule in fact I'm probably a lot more unforgiving than both of you I feel like if an author hasn't grabbed me then like I just think oh they're not for me they're not I'm not going to try again actually untrue deeply untrue there are exceptions to so many rules huh yeah because like I remember convincing you to read Courtney Milan like after you had been really adamant that you don't like her books and I was like but you're wrong though It's funny, we're talking about books in a series and like Courtney Milan is such a good example of this about how I refuse to skip books in series, but it's like I retcon that novellas don't exist. (laughs) Oh my God, you do, don't you? (laughs) like I'm literally the biggest hypocrite because I'm like, oh, there's a specific order of things and I'm like novellas don't exist. Yeah, I also don't really consider them as... Part of it, Fully right? Part. Like, yeah, and just, you know, in Goodreads, they number them as like 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5, which means that like, that's not a full book. It. It's not real. It's not a real book. But also, I thoroughly recommend people reading her novellas because she is a master at them. My track record with novellas is not good. Another rule never read a novella. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have like a really specific kind of book length. Yeah. You're you're an absolute Goldilocks reader. Yeah, they need to be like, because if novellas are way too short, except this only applies in romance because I will read fanfic of all different lengths. So you're not a reader, like you're not the same reader in the different things that you choose to read. I think that's the thing that's most interesting. So I've got one. It's not really a rule. It's more like a, it's like a habit, I guess. So no matter what the physical description of the hero is, 
I always just imagine one hero archetype that I find attractive. Really? Yes. I do not pay attention to however the author describes the hero, other than if it was like there's a defining feature. I don't do that because I do like an interesting, like the only thing that I'll retcon is if they have a moustache. And then they don't have a moustache in my mind. Hmm, I'm saying I actually don't even like picking up books where there's a hero image on the front and he has facial hair. It's very specific. (laughs) I just forget that people can be blonde. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. There's been there's been quite a few books where I've gone and reread it and been like, "Oh shit! When did that happen? Who who fucked with my book?" I think I, I'm the same. The um, fact that when they're both blonde, that's the weirdest thing. Like yeah. I can never in my mind imagine two blonde people together. I don't know why. Like, I think the only hero who was written blonde and in my head continues to be blonde is um, Rupert from Mr. Impossible by Loretta Chase. Is he blonde? Yeah. Oh, my God. I never even <laughs> realised. I read that book multiple times. Yeah. And it's just wow. it's because he's like this big, dopey, blonde. Like, I can I can hold a lot of details. But, yeah, blonde hair. It just – and, like, heroines as well. Heroines who are blonde inevitably end up not blonde in my head. Same. Same. Like This is erasure. <laughs> I think they'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, so I. But still, I had to say it. Didn't you have a rule about reading diverse authors and prioritizing them in your TBR? Oh my god, I do actually have that as a rule. Um, it's something that I don't actually remember how long ago it was, but a, a little while back, it did occur to me that I wasn't reading diversely at all. And the way that I was discovering new authors was kind of not helping. So it's a little bit why I give like new to me authors more of a chance. But for every like straight white author that I read and book that reflects that as well, for every one of those, I read a book and an author that sits outside of that. But, like, yeah, I work a lot harder these days to find to find new books. Yeah. yeah, and to kind of, I guess, like, and, and the thing for having it be, like, at least one for one means that I'm, like, yeah, like, I, I'm balances. You're I'm finding balancing. a balance. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and once you kind of get started and also once you – I, I think people would be a little bit shocked to realize how much those like that tradition of reading straight white het romance like trains you to think of that as good storytelling and that things that are outside of that are not as good that they're issue books or that they're heavy handed or that they're like whatever on a um, trend yeah or yeah, or that they're a trend. It can take a little bit of time to undo that thinking. And once you do, you start to realise, oh, if I like such and such an author, that person recommends this like these books and that leads you into a whole other space as well. And you start to find things a little bit easier. 
I was going to ask you if you found discoverability an issue when you're actively looking for books that are not part of that common uh, chronotope. I mean, I think I think it's getting easier. So, like, try Nana Malone. Once you start reading her, then you start to find, like, Nama Simone. Like, so she does, I think, her, her newest book, which is, like, what I'm going to be reading next is Passion and Ink. Yeah, like, if you like Nama Simone, then you probably like Melissa Blue. And if you like Melissa Blue, then you probably like Rebecca Weatherspoon. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Did that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah, that makes does. total sense. Like, how I'm do you thinking... guys find new people? Other I, than through wait you. for you. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, like... fuck. Like, that's what I was like. I was like, Rudy, I wish you would, like, literally chronicle every single book that you read, like, just in our group chat, just so that I could have a running thread of things to read. I just That would be really great <laughs> if you could do that for me. I think what I have to do is I have to be do what you're doing. I have to make a conscious effort to do the one for one instead of just going to my auto buys because those auto buys are oh, just representative of I don't know. Yeah, as a reader, I, I do think that this is something that I need to make a rule for myself to be better, to step up to the plate more and to be more active in looking outside of that like specific group i have to admit my like my massive blind spot at the moment and something that i've become more conscious of is that like i read almost exclusively heterosexual romance and like the few times that it's queer it's because it's like by characters who happen to be in a het romance like yeah, yeah. I really think that the first MM that I ever read was Captive Prince. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That surprises me. Yeah. No, I, I'm like a Have you read KJ like Charles? Baby. Uh no. I I bought Yeah, I bought a book at one stage and I haven't actually got it this edition. Oh, yeah. A seditious affair. That's the one. Yes. Can you believe I remember that? My God. Please be impressed. Was that the one that made the AAR list? Yes, it is. Which is why I bought it, because I was determined (laughs) to read the top 10. How's that going? I read Beard Science, right? (laughs) Yeah, you did. I didn't see you. I read three quarters of it. How do you find authors, Rudy? Twitter is really helpful for me. I do keep an eye out about books that authors I like and follow but the other look I'll be honest the other place that I've found some really great books is women of color in romance so I sometimes will go onto that blog with the explicit purpose of finding something that I just have never heard of before so like I'll choose a trope that I'm in the mood for and I just will, like, keep looking until I find something that's entirely new to me that sounds like it might work. So, like, Novella by Mia Hopkins, Thirsty. Like, I had not read that before. I didn't know who Mia Hopkins was. It's pretty good. It's Is that? Like, yeah. I don't know if you'll like it, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's a novella. You won't. Mm, you're right. Like you're always. Yeah. So like 
thirsty is about like this guy who has just gotten out of jail and he ends up kind of moving into the like the granny flat I don't even know if Americans call it that like anyway whatever we're an Australian podcast anyway he moves into (laughs) I don't even know what a granny flat is it's like the little sort of like if you've got a big backyard and you might have like a little kind of shed type thing that's like self-contained that yeah you turn it into a house if the grandparents in your family were like wanting that independence but needed to not live alone Mm, they would live in the granny flat anyway so he moves into the granny flat of like this woman and her because she lives with her mother and her son she had um she had a kid quite young um and like they went to school together and all that kind of stuff so they've got a little bit of a history but like he's the bad boy and she's the good girl and it's I liked it. That sounds pretty good. So I found that through Women of Color in Romance, Rebecca Weatherspoon's that's run, blog. Yeah, that's run by Rebecca Weatherspoon, I was going to yeah. ask. Okay, so I've got to use that. That's where I'm going to go. Like, yeah, so like it's a really awesome resource if you want to just kind of, particularly because she does actually like arrange things by trope, Like, like you can filter things by trope. Like, you can look for things that are, like, blue collar. Actors and dancers. Yeah, like, you can. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. LGBTQ. Exactly. Um, so. I'm going to order Maccas after this. I'm just flagging. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I haven't had dinner yet. But I have had an espresso martini. Because I needed something to wake me up before the podcast. Oh, I should have had a vanilla latte. I'm really obsessed with iced beverages here. Like, literally the best thing about Korea is the iced beverages. Gabby's being distracting. Now that she she feels like now that she's left the country, she can do what she wants and we'll just let her. I am a rebellious reader. (laughs) You are. That's all we have time for in this episode. Huge thanks to our ever-patient producer, Rudy Bremer. You can find the show notes for episode 69 at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other listeners like you find the show. Speaking of reviews on Apple Podcasts, we have one from Fangirl X Million, who says she, quote, even loves Gabby, end quote. Fangirl. You've put me in an awkward spot because I want to say you've got great taste because you did give us a five-star review, but you also seem to like patience and tried to call my taste into question. But I guess the truest love is being able to accept each other's shortcomings. So thank you. In the next episode, we really will bring you the final interview in our RWA 2018 series. Author Aislinn Kearns chats with Rudy and me about surviving the apocalypse. In the meantime, please visit us at bookthingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading. What are you doing? ASMR. Oh. <laughs> I lied when I said I wasn't going to do it anymore. <laughs>